podcast and we know things, a new weekly podcast centering on everything music, movies, television, video games, anything nerd and pop culture. My name is Greg Hall and joining me in the studio is Sam Matoro. Sam, how are you doing? Good. How about yourself, my friend? Oh man, this is a weird thing. Sam and I have known each other, just a bit of background. Sam and I have known each other for like 20 years almost and uh, this is our first time doing any sort of anything uh, in like a podcast, audio format, video format, multimedia in general. So it's really good to be here with you today. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely been a long time coming. I know we're, we've always been talking about it to you know try to set up a podcast. It's great to finally see it come happen. Yeah, so uh, long story short, everybody. So again, we're a brand new podcast. This is our debut episode. Uh, the plan is to bring in an episode every Sunday centering on, like I said, we're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about TV, just pretty much anything in the nerd culture, the pop culture, whatever you feel. Um, going to hold breadth of subjects. You know, today we got a whole great kind of show rundown for you. We're going to be talking about some new releases, some stuff that's hitting theaters. We're going to talk about some trailers that dropped. Uh, we have a segment about a top three we're going to bring you. So we have a, a whole, and believe me, by the way, you know we're going to be talking some Pokemon Go. So we'll be bringing everything to you, and that's the plan every single week, just to bring you the best content possible. We're really excited uh, to do this. Sam and I have talked about doing stuff like this. I know I've done podcasts in the past, um, and Sam's been a you know, listen to me for a long time and, and he's been a big supporter and we recently were talking and we're like, why not? Why not just do something together? And, and I'm glad it materialized. Yeah, same here. You don't know until you try it, right? Yeah, and this is exciting. So this is Sam's, uh, this is your first time being on any sort of podcast, yes, right? Yes, sir. All right, this is going to be fun. So uh, let's do a quick introduction kind of like what makes us, you know, nerds or into the pop culture scene, like kind of, you know, our likes and dislikes and then we'll kind of get into the show. Uh, let's start with you. Okay, well, first, myself, I'm, a, I guess, a big movie buff myself. I've recently been started to read comics again, especially the big DC Rebirth. God knows they have a million and one issues. Um, I collect, you know, statues, other, you know, little doodads over here and there. But other than that, I'm just, you know, your regular old, you know, nerd. A little bit about me. So, again, uh, I've been doing sports podcasting for a long time, and I've been doing a, you know, a couple episodes here and there of a podcast called That Kind of Nerd Podcast. Go check them out on iTunes, <clears throat> like them on Facebook, subscribe everywhere you possibly can, follow Instagram, follow Twitter, follow Snapchat. Um, I've been doing that often. I did two episodes with them, uh, or an episode and a half, I guess. And then uh, for about six years before that, I did a show called The War Room. It's changed its name recently to War Room Philly, <clears throat> but a good show nonetheless. So... Uh, they basically cover anything in Philadelphia sports, and that was a lot of fun to do that for six, or how long did I do it? From 2011 to 2015, so almost a little over four years, so I did that, and that was a lot of fun. A uh, really good friend of ours, Anthony Pino. Good guy he, over there. Yeah, he now runs that show with Keith. Um, they're doing a, a great job. I broke off did my own podcast called the Bar Talk Sports Podcast for 11 episodes. Um, that was a solo podcast, so that, that kind of went by the wayside, unfortunately. But it's great to be finally podcasting about something that isn't sports, which is not a knock against sports. I mean, I have two of the five Philly sports teams tattooed on my body, but I do have three music tattoos as well. Like, I love music. I love movies, music, music, video games. I'm a huge nerd for gaming. Um, I can probably rattle off like 600 to the 730-plus Pokemon, but that's, <laughs> I guess, for a different show. Um and it's funny, when we get into the Pokemon Go section, I was going to save it for there, but like six months ago, two months ago even, I was considered a nerd for liking Pokemon. But now with Pokemon Go, it's like if I don't play it, I'm a nerd. So crazy how that kind of stuff happens. Considering I haven't played Pokemon since the Silver and Gold, and that's what, like 15 years ago? Yeah, Gen 2, I think was 1998. So that's crazy. It was a long time ago. It was 18 years because Pokemon's 
doing its 20th year this year. It came out in 96, red and blue, and then obviously red and green in Japan. Where was Pokemon Go 15 years ago? <laughs> Where were smartphones 15 years ago? Very true. Um, so let's get into uh, today's show. Before we kind of do that, though, um, Sam surprised me this morning. We're, we're doing the podcast uh, at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, rise and shine. What do you need when you when you wake up? You need coffee. So Sam actually was nice enough to bring me a little surprise. He actually got me a wee podcast and we know things mug, uh, which is awesome. Courtesy of our friend Machi, Gabriel Torres. <clears throat> Go check his stuff out over at customhappy.com. So again, that's custom happy. C- U-S-T-O-M happy, H-A-P-P-Y dot com. You can also go on Amazon.com slash custom happy. And basically what that is, is you use Amazon as normal, but when you go through them, it gives them a little cut, helps them out a lot. So, uh, that was great for that. Um, maybe I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram, which is by the way, at we podcast and we know things, make sure to go on Facebook. We podcast and we know things, find us there, like us there, follow us on Twitter at we pod and we know. So with that being said, let's kick this shit off. What do you say? Let's go. We're going to start off with Batman versus Superman. Uh, so Batman versus Superman, the extended version of the Ultimate Edition or whatever you want to call it, is new to Blu-ray this week. It's a lot different than the theatrical version. Let's get into it. Okay, first off, you know, it's three hours. You have an extra half hour. Um, to me, I don't know why this wasn't released originally. I... Didn't see it in theaters, admittedly. Did not see it in theaters. Didn't have any interest to see it in theaters. Um, I was waiting for the Blu-ray because I was hoping for something like this. I got it. Got it in the mail. The day came out. And um, didn't speak to me like I was hoping it would. See, for, for me, I, I enjoyed the film the first time. One thing I, I don't necessarily agree with is the casting as Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. So I was talking to my friend about this the other night and we went to a, sh- we went to a concert and I'm talking to him and, and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, we got the show on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. He goes, let me guess, Lex Luthor. I was like, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. And he said, uh, I liked him. So I've apparently there's mixed feelings about this. Okay. So after I saw the ultimate edition, this was my, I think fourth or fifth time seeing the movie. I have to admit, it's fourth or fifth time. Okay, number one, Batman's my favorite, been since I was two. But I had to see it again because, you know, I want to see the extra content. I'll say I did happen to like him a little bit more. Maybe it's just because now I'm getting used to him. But, I, I mean, I, I like the guy. I mean, I thought he was great in Zombieland. <laughs> I was hilarious. Uh, what about Social Network? Did you see Social Network? I, I did. The Facebook movie, was, it was really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I think Jesse Eisenberg, even like now you, can, or now you see me, he's like a one- way actor like he has he plays one role he plays it the same he talks fast he has condescending jokes and obviously that's his writing but that's a lot of his character the oddly enough my favorite movie of that he was ever been in that i've seen is 30 minutes or less i actually haven't seen that it's a it's like a really short maybe hour and 25 minute maybe hour and a half comedy where he's a pizza delivery guy danny mcbride is in it i love him by the way <laughs> uh, danny mcbride from vice principles eastbound and down uh he's in it and um, oh, Nick Swartzton is in okay, it. Okay, okay, the comedian. Yeah, so it's it's a really good. I think Aziz is in it too. Aziz Ansari. I'm not 100 percent positive, um, but that's probably my favorite role. But he plays the same character yet again. And I watched Batman vs Superman recently, and go figure. He's got that same quick talking, snappy, you know, quick witted kind of quippy kind of role, and I'm I'm over it. And I don't think that's a slight against him. I just think that. Maybe it was a little miscast. And I, I believe also it was. And I, if I heard or read correctly, when he first went into Reed, it was for the Riddler, not Lex Luthor. And I think that that's a role. You know, I, 
I couldn't see him in like a Joker role. I couldn't. I, I don't see him in a Lex Luthor role. Um, but you're right. The Riddler would probably be the best kind of villainy role for him. Yeah, like especially him like being like quick, you know, the quick quibs, whatever. I just think Riddler definitely would have been a better place for him. Like Lex Luthor, I think Brian Cranston. Mm, oh man, and that's probably the singular reason I'm going to go see Power Rangers when that comes out for Brian Cranston. But and, and <clears throat> again, Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad fame, if you didn't know. But yeah, Batman vs Superman. I think we're out of spoiler territory. I think we're kind of over that. It's it's out on Blu-ray. It's been out on theaters. Yes, this is the ultimate edition, so it does have an extended cut to the movie. So that's only about five days old or what have you. But yeah, I think we're out of the land of spoilers. Overall, give me your impressions outside of the casting of the film. Outside of the casting, I, I, I enjoyed the film. I really did. I mean, I love Batman. I love Superman. Yes, I wish they had to, to fight more. You know, they only had, what, maybe 10 minutes on screen, if that, kind of the whole buildup. What I did like about the Ultimate Edition, it kind of filled in a lot of stuff that the theatrical version left out. Expect the lady from the Africa scenes, all her scenes, like you didn't know what was going on. You only saw her the one time in the beginning, and that was it. And for me, like, I think that's so I'll be honest, the movie didn't grab me at all. And I got about 50 something minutes in and I was just kind of over it. And and I think that it's that whole build up. Like, I think I'm spurned because, you know, I went into now a, a little bit of background. I'm a huge Godzilla nerd. So going into the 2014, I believe it was re-release of Godzilla with Brian Cranston and the kid from Kick-Ass. Going into that, I was expecting Godzilla. I was looking for Mothra. I was looking for everything. And I got Godzilla off screen doing a bunch of cool stuff on like television screens and news outlets. And then you get the ending, which was amazing. But Godzilla was in the two hour movie about four, what 40 minutes, if that. Yeah. So you had a lot of you had a lot of just kind of schlock to get through. And that's what I was waiting for here. The opening scene was really good. I, I never saw Man of Steel, but am I right in saying that that was Man of Steel? The beginning was Man of Steel from Batman's perspective. Y- yes. I, I, I mean, <sighs> I like, I know people didn't like the beginning of Batman v Superman, but to me, it shows you why Bruce Wayne kind of hates Superman because he sees the destruction of Wayne Tower, all the people that were murdered. I, I like that they saw him, why he has to kind of hate him, but he doesn't, in my opinion, he didn't see him as a person yet. He still saw him as an alien. And to me, like, I liked that opening. I like seeing it from his perspective. Um, what didn't grab me, though, was. All the Amy Adams stuff, the Lois Lane stuff, the the bathroom, like they're in the bathtub and like she's like, I, I get it. They're in love. We understand that. But I don't know. I just thought it was set up really slow, really poorly. And I'm probably going to get a whole bunch of shit for it. But whatever. Um, to me, the movie didn't grab me enough. I would have liked maybe just like in the beginning, maybe just a tease of some sort of. You know, I, I mean, I guess you had it when they were at the, the the ball with Jesse Eisenberg with Lex Luthor and he saw them both and shake the hand, the introduction and that whole stupid thing from the trailer where it's like, oh, do not shake hands with this man or whatever. Like you've seen that six billion times. And I guess you get that itch of like, oh, there they are. They're on screen together. They're on screen together. But then you don't even see the bat suit until after that. And and I I don't know. You've already seen Superman multiple times, you know, in costume, doing his thing, saving Lois Lane, which was admittedly pretty neat when that guy had the gun to her head and he drew him through a wall. But uh, I'm pretty sure he died. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they all did. And I'll tell you, one thing that surprised me, actually, was the amount of violence in in that. Um, There was a the scene where uh, the guy from the O.C., (laughs) I can't think of his name. He got shot in the head. He was like he started speaking their language. He's like, I'm here to like proposition something to you or whatever in the beginning. And the dude just shoots him in the head. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, that was not violent. They cut to like a, a heat-seeking radar. And then all of a sudden, dudes come in with guns and there's blood everywhere, spraying, there's brain, there's, there's stuff that I wasn't expecting from a gore factor from a type of movie like this that shows you the direction of how dark and, and kind of how gritty superhero movies are, are becoming and have become, especially on the shoulders of Deadpool. And the beginning, you're talking about the guy who had the camera, right? Yeah. And you know in the theatrical version, they never told you his name. So you didn't know. You assumed it was Jimmy Olsen. But in the Ultimate Edition, they finally say, hi, I'm Jimmy Olsen. So that's like the thing. Why why wouldn't you do that for a theatrical version? It drives me insane. And that's the reason I didn't see the film. Like now I'm a guy who nine times out of ten, I'm going to see a film whether whether the, the reviews suck or whether I'm reading bad shit about it. Like I want – to make my own judgment. I wanted like I liked Godzilla. I know I just kind of shit on it, but I like Godzilla from the fact is, yeah, he might have only been in the film or she it might have only been in the film for a little bit, but I really enjoyed the setup. I like exposition. I don't mind storytelling. I love storytelling. I don't know why I said I don't mind. I love a good story. So for me, I'm not like I don't need action. I'm not a junkie for that kind of stuff. But this movie, I think I was just I just wanted more. And the reason I didn't see it in theaters, even with all the critics banning it, and obviously what I just said is I don't go by critics. This was the one film where I was like, I can wait. I I have no problem waiting. And I'm usually a superhero night of go for it. As soon as it opens, kind of guy. And this one just didn't do it for me. See, for me, it had Batman in it, and that's the selling point for me. Even though it was Ben Affleck, and I was very skeptical and. He blew it out of the friggin' park. So there's where I'm. That's where I wanted to transition to. Let's move into Batman. So uh, Ben Affleck is Batman, a, a new Batman, yet another one after uh, the Christian Bale. You know, love it, hate it, love it. Whatever you feel like. I know that Sam, uh, you're a big Christian Bale fan. That's my boy. So love it or hate it, you know, this is a brand new Batman, and a lot of people were skeptical. And I, I'll tell you. I like Ben Affleck. I think his best performance is I love Jiggly. Jiggly. <laughs> G- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I listen. The town was very good. The town was amazing. Uh, Chasing Amy was amazing. Like all those old Kevin Smith films um, where Affleck makes appearances like that's what I like. So I was pretty open minded to Ben Affleck. And honestly, he crushed it. He really did. And, and when I first heard this news, I was devastated because Batman's my favorite. I heard Ben Affleck. I went on like a like a little Twitter thing, and Doug Benson, of all people, the comedian, messaged me basically just saying, "Calm down, it's not going to be that bad." And I still have it to this day because that's my major name drop. <laughs> Isn't he uh, the super high me guy? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he also has a podcast, so go listen to that on iTunes as well. Subscribe. Um, overall, I guess like I, I wouldn't say maybe I don't know if we want to do a one to ten type of thing, but I mean when you're talking, you know. When you put it up against what Marvel's done. So Marvel's cinematic universe, to me, is leaps and bounds above DC. And I don't think people are going to disagree with you for the most part. Now, Batman was never my favorite. Superman is one of my least favorites. Spider-Man and Deadpool have always been my favorite superheroes. So for me, and Captain America, I'm sorry. So for me, that's what speaks. So I'm a Marvel guy. No shame in saying that and i do have a leg up because i think the mcu is better than the dcu but you, you want to say something no, no, i i, I want to let you finish first before i you know speak my my two cents so i think on the whole i i'm expecting what marvel's what marvel can do out of this and 
like to me, I thought the Nolan trilogy was good. Um, Great. Good. But so Batman Begins, I fell asleep like eight times. I just recently saw it for the first time, maybe about in the last two years. Um, Dark Knight was amazing. There's no discounting oh, that. Come on. Dark Knight Returns is like, I love the beginning. It just gets to me by the end. It's a, it's a little long in the tooth. But so what? What do you, I assume you like the second one the most? Yeah, yeah. Then? Dark Dark Knight and then Dark Knight Returns and then Batman Begins. Or Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. I kept saying Returns. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. DC was okay. They make okay movies to me. And I mean, you could say the same thing about Marvel. I mean, Captain America: The First Avenger has like a 6.9 on IMDb. Is kind of like can be considered really boring again. Just like to me, it's like that origin story, right? And every superhero has their origin story. And and you know. I just think Marvel, you know, kind of gets into it a little bit quicker. I think Marvel does a better job. Now, again, they have a, a, also a larger sample too. DC has a, a much smaller film, you know, cinematic universe. They're expanding that. Obviously, we'll get into that in a little bit. But to me, this was a movie that I obviously you got to recommend it. It's Batman. It's Superman. It's Lex Luthor. Um, Doomsday. Wonder Woman. You say Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. But Wonder Woman. I'm like. I would rather watch Deadpool like any day of the week. Okay, so so what I'll say is this. Marvel definitely planned out their, you know, the years their movies are coming out which you know you can't argue with. Their movies have been great. You know, the only, my least favorite I think right now is is Iron Man 3. That's that's the, to me that's the worst one they did. DC's problem they just didn't plan it out, I don't think. Or maybe they just had maybe a little too much trust in Zack Snyder, but you know, maybe after, you know, the Batman v Superman, they kind of, you know, went in, talked a few things, and hopefully they, you know, can plan this out right. If you had to, like, 1 to 10, what are you giving it? Batman v Superman? Yeah. Honestly, uh, I'm going to forget I ever saw the theatrical version, because to me, the ultimate edition is the movie, how it should have been released. I give it a solid 8.5. Now, I've known you for a long time. I respect your opinion. You know more about this shit than I do, so... I'll give you that. I, I have to rewatch it. I just have to. I have to give it another chance and something, you know, I probably didn't give it a fair shake. I probably went into it a little jaded. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm not, I can't score it right now. Did you ever read the um, uh, the comic, the Frank Miller, the Dark Knight Returns comic? Um, I read Captain Underpants and the Attack of the Talking <laughs> Toilets. A couple, I, I, did, I did too also. A couple times. I got that a couple times. Now, it's, it's not one of my favorite comics, but I, I did I enjoyed it very much. It's at least for me this movie. You, you got you finally got to see Batman and Superman on the screen together. Like that's like my childhood. Like once they fought, my hairs on my arms were standing up. Like once Batman goes, well, here I am. I loved it. That that was it for me. That's what that's what you got. That's your Batman impression. <laughs> was that, it's not the greatest, but was yeah. that your Christian Bale? Batman? No, that's swear to me. <laughs> That's Christian Bale. We uh, that other podcast I was talking about earlier, that kind of nerd. They have somebody on there, a good friend of mine. He does like a Bane impression for like every episode. So if you want to hear a, a really uh, interesting Bane, again, go check out that kind of nerd. Um, let's move on because we we talk about Batman, and there's something else that came out to theaters recently that had Batman in it. Uh, very much so. One, I think it was what, one night only. Yes, one night only coming out on Blu-ray August second. I already got my pre-order done. Oh, you know I already do. So let's talk about it. We will not be spoiling it for you today, okay? So zero spoilers ahead. You do not have to worry about it. Let's get into the Batman, killing joke. The Killing Joke. Now, this is 
probably been, I would say, the comic the fans been asking to you know to watch for years, just because it's it's such a great story. Yes, it's only forty eight pages, but it's a great forty eight pages. And to have you know Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy back as Joker and Batman to me that's that's my childhood. So Mark Hamill again, if you don't know who that is, it's it's the voice of Joker from for like he's the most iconic voice of Joker, and I'm talking voice. All these Heath Ledger people don't get off my ass. But Kevin Conroy, again, uh, he was Batman from the animated series, was he not? Yep, from 1992. And wasn't Mark Hamill Joker from that as yes, well? Yes, sir. And Mark Hamill also, uh, Luke Skywalker, just course, to throw that out there. So um, I'm happy that they did the voice work the way they did. Mark Hamill also voices the Joker in the Rocksteady games, the Batman Arkham series. I do not think they did Arkham Origins, um, but Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, I believe Kevin Conroy and... Mark Hamill did all the voice work for those for Batman and the Joker. So it's good to see familiar voices, which helps me. For me, when it comes to anime or just animation in general or even just a franchise, I like an animated franchise. I like to see the same voice actors because it's familiarity and it's something I don't have to transition to. Right off your back, it's like, oh, I got to deal with a new actor and kind of transition myself. That's why I stopped watching Pokemon as a kid because Ash got a new voice actor. Uh, But for Killing Joke... You saw it in theaters. Yes, sir. I did not see it in theaters, but I've seen a lot of it. I have opinions on it. Again, we'll keep it completely spoiler-free. Probably next week we'll do a little bit more into it. But, again, we might not even want to spoil it next week because it would only give you guys like a week to watch it. Um, So maybe in two weeks, a week or two, we'll do a full spoiler review of that, uh, of The Killing Joke. But overall impressions, first impressions, what do you think? I I really enjoyed it. I mean – you know, yes, they had. How did I know that was coming? Well, come on, it's you know the two voice actors of you know my whole childhood. I mean, yes, they had to add, you know, a lot of story to to make it a movie. Because if not, I read um, an article. Um, Bruce Tim said if they didn't add the stuff, the movie would only have been thirty minutes. So they added it to now it's seventy six minutes long. Um, the parts they added, like I said, I don't want to say anything too spoilery. That's a word, but. I, I like the parts they added. I know, I, I know there's a lot of negative reviews. I know some people didn't like it, but the rev- I think the reviews, it's got like a 72% Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Mm-hmm. So for me, and with, with what they added, and quite frankly, gang, if, if you need to know what they added, watch the first 30 minutes of it. Um, it's pretty much all of that. It literally starts with some narration as to why what's happening is happening. And then after this, this segment is over, it fades to black. And then like the movie starts, it's kind of, it's weird. And then the killing joke really gets into it. I think that to me was, it was pointless. It was only to fill time for me. This could have been something where you throw 45 minutes of action packed killing joke right to Blu-ray and I'm good with it. I mean, I like the extra content just because, you know, yes, we, the people who read the comic book, we know what's in it. We know it. But to see this, I was surprised because, to be honest, I wasn't expecting the what actually happened. Yes, it's it's definitely it, it's different, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I trust Bruce Tim, and I've had since 92. And I'll tell you, when you watch Batman the Animated Series, I can't think of a show that has more, and not just better, but more influential or more just like engrossing animation. That show has unbelievable animation to the point where I'm watching it just like kind of engrossed in every episode. Um, 
if you if you have never seen Batman the Animated Series for whatever reason, maybe you're young, maybe you just haven't, maybe you're new to superheroes, whatever it might be, I highly recommend going on YouTube and going to the Nostalgia Critic and typing in Top 10 Batman the Animated uh, Series episodes. It's about 20 to 25 minutes long. Uh, it's, it's He's a comedic reviewer who does a lot of nostalgic reviews on YouTube. Very good. Um, very funny. I've been watching him for almost 10 years. And that was one of the probably the first 50 episodes I've seen from him and that got me right back into the series which I think started my role of liking Batman a little bit more I've never been like the biggest Batman fan like I said but for, from a so from that aspect it's it's cool and everybody loves the Joker I love the Joker and I was excited for it and believe me I like I said I pre-ordered it I'm ready to watch the whole thing from front to back instead of just that added content that I was talking about one thing that I would say that the movie has really going against it, and again, this is my opinion, is the animation quality. When you look at the animation quality of the, of the animated series like I was talking about a minute ago, bring it to this film. This is 20-plus years later. To me, it looked cloudy. The textures were a little off. It looked a little muddy, a little blurry. It wasn't that crisp, clean edges, that great shadow work, everything that I was kind of looking for. I was looking for the blacks to pop, the whites to come out, just that color wheel, and I kind of got just like a blur. I mean that that's that's your take on it, you know. I I I just I don't I, I don't even know what to say to be honest. I I, I loved it. I, I don't know what else to say there. Well, you saw it in theaters, right? Yes. So you had a different experience. You didn't get to watch it on your sixty inch like ultra high def four K everything TV where you get the, the the best pop you possibly can from it, right? You had to watch it on a wided like a big projected screen, you know, in a theater with other people. You have the ambiance. I'm sure the sound quality was amazing. Oh, of course. I mean, we saw it in Franklin Mills. And to be honest, I expected it to be sold out. And there was only maybe 20 of us in the whole theater. Philadelphia Mills, Sam. Oh, it's, it'll always be Franklin <laughs> to me. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I guess now it's spoiled. We do review, uh, record the show out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, uh, hey, anybody on the East Coast or the local area, welcome. Um, so, yeah, that's where you saw it was, it was Philadelphia, Franklin Mills, whatever you want to call it. AMC. We'll just, yes. we'll just stick there. Plug to AMC. You're lucky. Um, anything... Again, without trying to jump into spoilers, anything that you would want to change about it? Anything that was kind of like iffy to you? To be honest, I mean, it all comes down to what they added. I mean, they had to add something to, you know. But why couldn't they make it a 45 minutes straight to Blu-ray? You could have released 45 minutes into the theaters. They did it for Game of Thrones. They released episodes that are less than an hour long into theaters. They did interview Bruce Timm, and he said if they didn't add the parts, they said the movie would have been 30 minutes long. What's wrong with that, though? What's wrong with 30 great minutes as opposed to 120 okay minutes? Ah. <sighs> I guess it just comes to, you know, I guess your perspective. Well, you know, what you, what you liked about it, of course, you know, there's not, I mean, he even said he already knew a lot of people probably weren't going to like the story they added. Yes, it's it's pretty big. But to me, it was it, it was so at, so far out of left field, I never saw it coming. So I was surprised. When I can't see something coming, I like that. I like to be surprised. Uh, I th- and again, I think we'll, we'll get into... The, the big reviews a little bit later, but let's real quick wrap up the, the killing joke with Conroy and Hamill. They, they are two parts that uh, there could be no animation on screen. I could be watching a black screen with just doing their voice work <laughs> and I would enjoy it just as much. So just huge hat tip to them for coming back to the project. Number one, committing to those roles after Hamill was kind of iffy for a little while there. If he wanted to do Joker stuff now, it's like he's back hundred percent. Let's go. And years ago, Hamill always said, you know, I guess he, you know, put the, put the cap up for the Joker, but he did say he always wanted to do the killing joke and he would come back. I'm just glad to hear his manic laugh, all his little nuances and, and Kevin Conroy. He, it was, it was probably just like a glove with him. He came right back. I mean, come on. I think those, 
when if you have something that's that's Batman related and you hear Conroy and Hamill again, you're you're just in in hundred percent. You're just in. So uh, recommend. Oh, I, to me, I I recommend it. If you read if you read the comic. I mean, come on. You have to see it. Whether the reviews are bad, you have to form your own opinion. Don't let someone, someone's you know opinion you know affect your opinion on the movie. Make your own. Go out and see it. Support DC. You know, Marvel's got the movie. They have that down. DC has the animated films. I'm I'm pretty sure, down pat. And DC is getting better. Their their cinematic universe is getting better and we've seen that recently. There was a couple of trailers that came out over Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con was Justice League and Wonder Woman. So, we're going to start with Justice League because again, it has Batman in it. We've been talking a lot of Batman. Um what did you think of the new Justice League trailer or the Justice League trailer? The the trailer, I I really enjoyed it to be honest. Again, how did we know that was coming? I, okay. I'm a DC guy, but don't get me wrong. I love Marvel. I love Deadpool. I love Captain America, Thor, which the people don't like Thor, but I love him. <laughs> but but Justice League, it, it's it defi- they, they're finally getting the band together. You're finally Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, Aquaman. So, uh, <laughs> Aquaman, great. The only reason Aquaman is relevant is because the character playing him, is the guy playing him. Jason Momoa. Khal Drogo, for all of you that don't know, uh, is is taking on the role of Aquaman, and that's huge. But let's do this just real quick because, again, I'm admittedly Marvel. Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, Flash, Cyborg, Batman. I would say no, as he saved Batman for last because he knew <laughs> that's the best one. Well, Wonder Woman's there too, of, of course, of so course. You, you know, and I, the Avengers isn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, well, I guess this is. I mean, a lot of people like Hawkeye, but to me, maybe Hawkeye is probably the weakest. I don't want to shit on Scarlett Johansson, so I'll say Hawkeye is probably the weakest to me. But you got like Thor, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk versus Cyborg, Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Eventually, he'll be back. Eventually. That's the problem. And now with the Avengers, they started off with those five for the first film. Then they brought in. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Quicksilver and uh, Vision. They brought them in to the second film. So you would assume Justice League is going to obviously do something like that. But look at what Civil War did. They brought in Spidey. Oh, and Black Panther. And Black Panther. And by the way, both unbelievably played. I I loved, loved Civil War. So Civil War was my favorite. Well, Deadpool is my favorite. Marvel movie, but take out Deadpool because that's on it. Like that's on a, it's on a different, a different level. level. Um, I agree. This was my favorite, definitely my favorite collab, definitely the best Marvel movie. That that and Winter Soldier to me are the best Marvel films that come out, and they are both cat movies. There you go. I mean, like, look at it. The dude from I can't remember his name, but the dude from Forty Two who played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. He plays Black Panther. Fantastically done. Yes, you I have. Chadwick Boseman. That's right. And you have Tom Holland playing Spider-Man. And by the way, um, Aunt May, phenomenal. She's beautiful. <laughs> Marissa Tomei still has it. She doesn't age. She's beautiful. But uh, look at that, right? And hold that up. And then you have Justice League. And now Justice League, again, you can go to YouTube, watch the trailer if you need to do it. But to me, it it's trying so hard in that 
trailer. That's why I didn't like it. And I'm going to see the shit out of it. And I'm going to love it. I know I am. But that movie or that trailer, you know what it did? It tried to be too damn funny. I, I, I can see where you're, where you're coming from with that, especially with you know the reviews with Batman v Superman. And you figure DC only has two films in its, in its universe right now. Marvel before Avengers, they had what three, four? They they actually had time to set up characters. So yes, DC is rushing. Yes, they're behind. Yeah. If they're they're behind, and they got to play catch up. Which, which you know, which they they have to do, but they just have to kind of get it all together, get all the pieces you know in the right you know the right places, and you know not just kind of force just rated R down our throats, you know. Yeah, but to me, you had the opposite of Rated R in this trailer. You had the Flash, who was trying to just be so damn funny. Everything he said, oh, you're in my second favorite chair, and oh, you're looks really funny. But like to me, it wasn't. To me, you're that's Spider-Man. To me, you took everything Spider-Man did already in Civil War, and you're trying to make him Spider-Man. But in the comics, Barry Allen is quirky, funny, right? And and that's that's he's supposed to be. And I'm glad that it's true to his character. But I think you're trying too hard, like. Ben Affleck, to me, I think after the performance he gave in BVS, I think comes over to Justice League. And for so much of that trailer, he's super serious, trying to find Aquaman, wants to talk to him. Um, and then, you know, obviously tries to recruit everybody. And then they're talking and it's like him and Wonder Woman. And he's like, she's like, he said no. No, no, he just, no, yeah, you're right. He said no. And to me, it was trying too damn hard. Now, I think that those spots are probably placed throughout the movie. So it's not just one big comedy. So I get it, but they probably took the funniest shit from that movie, threw it in the two and a half minute trailer, said, "Here you go, this will satisfy everyone." And that's not what I wanted. I just hope they didn't put like they did with BVS, their first trailer. I think they put a little too much in their trailer. I hope they kind of just added the little quibs for the trailer, and if there's more funny stuff, kind of keep that off. Don't show us yet. What I do like is they didn't even show Superman once, not even a reference, nothing. And that's what. Civil War did too with Spider-Man until like the third or fourth trailer. Yeah. So maybe Superman is in this movie. We just don't know yet. Superman has to definitely be in this movie. There is no Justice League without <laughs> Superman. <laughs> so again, I think this was the first trailer. Like I'm not super uber critical of it. I just think it was trying too damn hard for me. I would like to see maybe again, like going back to what I said earlier, some setup, some story, now, it's a trailer, so you don't want to give too much away. That's a problem with movies nowadays. They give away too much. The trailer gives away the film a lot of times to the point where you're not surprised anymore. And then they try to give you that twist at the end that's like uber surprising and you saw it the whole time. So for this, I would like just straight, here's what we are. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. And by the way, the trailer should sell itself with the guys on screens. Like I said, it's Cyborg, Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman. These guys, Aquaman, should sell itself. And maybe that's where they were going is, you know, you show the lighter hearted, lighter side of them. But you have Deadpool, not lighthearted. Uh, well, no. lighthearted, but violent, but very violent. Suicide Squad, probably going to be darker. Right. I, so I maybe imagine. this was maybe that's the compliment there. You have your dark in Suicide Squad and you're bringing out the fun or funny in Justice League. I guess maybe if that's what they're going for, I can see it. I mean, with, with Justice League, I mean, you, you did touch on the Batman and Flash interaction. 
I, I loved it. I, I was cracking up, especially when you, they, they slow motion down. You see the, the batarang going by his face. Like, can I keep this? To me, that was funny. I got a couple laughs out of it. You know, I thought Cyborg looked awesome. I know they wanted, like, all CGI, but I know Zack Snyder didn't want that, which I, I totally agree with. Love practical effects. Gotta love practical effects. Definitely. Aquaman, yeah, you see him chugging some kind of bottle, and, you know, I guess he's an alcoholic. I don't know what he is. He can talk to fish. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's it's... It's finally good to see Aquaman, besides seeing him in Smallville, you know, with the, the old school, with the blonde hair look. It, it, I'm just glad to see him and to to make him, you know, because, ah, come on, everyone makes fun of Aquaman. He talks to fish. He's, you know, but. He is the, the butt end of a lot of <laughs> jokes. Definitely. I, I agree with that. I agree. But it, I just, ah, I just hope he's good. <laughs> and anybody who's played his GameCube game, I don't even know if it came out on any other consoles. But it was like 2002. Again, another shameless plug. Go to YouTube. John Tron, the funniest YouTuber, in my opinion, there is. He does like a 15-minute review of the Aquaman game. It is hilarious. Please go watch that and then tell me you take the Justice League trailer seriously. But again, I think the, the person that we didn't talk about a lot in this trailer was Wonder Woman because she got her own. Oh, of course. And that trailer also looks awesome. Gail Gadot was Wonder Woman. I was really surprised her and bb superman i was kind of nervous on her casting i thought you know she was maybe a little too skinny yes she's tall but just to touch real quick on the justice league i don't know if you heard but they, it's now not split in two films it's only one now so which which is kind of good i feel like it's kind of maybe setting up a solo batman film because obviously i know you guys heard by now jeff johns and ben affleck have been writing their own script for batman which which i read was villain heavy which I love, I mean, I, I would love to see Clayface or please, mm. please mm -hmm. to God, give me another Mr. Freeze mm. because yeah. Arnold, um, <sighs> everything he did was an ice pun. <laughs> everything he did in that film was an ice pun. Uh, anything else you want to add to Justice League before we get into Wonder Woman? No, I just can't wait till next year. So sh I thought, and again, this, I guess this maybe this podcast has been like, I'm negative, you're positive. So I'll probably get all the shit. You'll probably get all the praise. <laughs> But this Wonder Woman trailer, I liked it, but do you know what it said to me? What? Captain America, the first Avenger. That's what the, that it was a reskin. It was in a wartime, and I understand. I get it, origin and background, and I understand the setup of the character. I understand where she's coming from in the comics. I love that, and I liked it again that they're staying true. But I'm, it is, she has the American type of, you know, outfit. She... She well, she came from Zeus, so she's not like born to this world, which is different than Steve Rogers. But it was everything that Captain America, the first Avenger, was with a new female skin. That's that's what it said to me. But you, you have to kind of tell the story of Wonder Woman. You have to you know see where she starts or kind of get her background rather than you know. Like, yes, I do like where they kind of you, you, you saw her a little bit in BVS, just enough, I think. And again, I get it. Origin stories. That's all well and good. I'm not against the origin story. I need a good origin story. I like it. I prefer when the origin story even takes up the entirety of the first film, which was for a lot of what Captain America, the first Avenger did. Red Skull was in it, obviously, a lot, and they had a little bits of action, but most of it was, this is how Steve Rogers became Captain America. So I'm hoping that that's what Wonder Woman is. But when I was watching it, I was just like, this is Captain America over again, which isn't a bad thing. Captain America, again, top three superhero for me of all time. I'll watch it and I'll gladly watch it. And I would like to see it from DC's perspective. And I want to get Wonder Woman's background and origin story because I'll tell you now, she's probably of all the DC heroes, probably the one I'm least familiar with. And it's a shame, really, because we haven't seen a live action Wonder Woman since Linda Carter 
years before my time. Yeah, I, I'm, ha- and again, to go back to what you said earlier about the casting, I think, but I'll, I'll give her this. You know, when I see Wonder Woman in my head, I see Gail. That's what Gail I see. Gail, Gail. I see her. So I thought it was a really good job. I think she. You know, she can deliver a line. She can steal the screen. We saw that in BVS when she came in, you know, uh, and dropped up her shield. Oh, by the way, they both have a shield, Cap and Wonder Woman. But that's fine. You know, no big deal. I'm not seeing any more similarities at all. But uh, but he doesn't have an invisible plane. Okay. Um, but we, we don't know if we're actually going to see that yet in, in the film it's invisible, how are we going to see it? Well, hopefully we'll learn. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that, yeah, this is... This is probably I'm I'm I'll tell you now I'm, even though she's in Justice League I'm much more excited for the solo Wonder Woman film than I am for Justice League. Really, I'm yeah. surprised at that. I, it's like I'm more excited for Cap than I am for Avengers. Well, so, well same here because if you well I don't know if you saw the Age of Ultron I was actually a little disappointed in that film. Um, I like I, I liked it I guess I think I liked it because I I had blinders on. Um, I was like. Oh, okay. There's Kickass. Oh, there's there's Elizabeth Olsen, who is by far the best Olsen. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was like, I just saw them in Godzilla as a couple, as married, and now they're brother and sister, uh, which is cool. And I I thought they did go with Vision. I think I loved Ultron because of I can't remember his name, but James that, Spader. Thank you. I like the Blacklist like a lot. I hear a lot of good things. Love I should probably bl- get on that. Love the Blacklist. My fiance and I watch it all the time. Well, she she actually got ahead of me on that. Um, she's up to date. I'm not quite up to date yet, but he delivers amazing performance in that. So to hear him and then be like, oh my god, that's the guy from the Blacklist doing Ultron. I think I was kind of nerded out there. Um, but for me, again, I it was the it was definitely weaker than the original Avengers. Oh, definitely, hundred percent, definitely, but. When I when you take the the whole like collab film like when you take all the superheroes put them in one spot that's awesome but I'm never satisfied like when I'm watching Civil War I want Spider Man when I was watching the Avengers I want the Hulk right that's what I uncap because everyone has their own favorites you want to Ex- see exactly which is my problem well, not problem it's not a problem at all it's a good problem to have but that's why I like the solo films I get all Cap I get all Spider Man I get all Wonder Woman whatever it might be which is why I'm more excited for the solo films than I am the big collab pieces. I, I hear what you're saying. It just, at least for me, it's just, the Justice League. It's everyone's finally there. I mean, yes, we had two Avengers film DC, nothing yet. And it's, I just can't wait until 2017. It's going to be a big year for a lot of things. Film, TV, video games, everything, a lot music, a lot of stuff is going to happen in 2017. A lot of things have happened in 2016 already. Uh, do you have anything else you kind of wanted to add to the Wonder Woman? No, I just can't wait. I think that comes out, what, November, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, we got a, we got a while to go. Um, so we're going to transition into a segment, uh, New to Theaters This Week. So we all know the big movie coming out this week, New to Theaters, Nine Lives, about cats. Oh, yeah. We, we, we all know that that's the biggest film coming out. There's nothing else we have to talk about this week in terms of things coming out in theaters. Why do we even have to talk about it? You tell me. So Nine Lives, starring... Well, I don't even know. It's it's a family fantasy comedy uh, starring Kevin Spacey and Jennifer Gardner. Oh, wow. Well, holy shit. What do you know? Um, I was making a joke. I will not be seeing that film. We have The Little Prince as well, an animated film, PG, 7.8 on, Meta, on uh, Metascore. Jeff Bridges, Rachel McAdams, Paul Rudd. Jeez. Big names. Big names. I've never even heard of that movie. But that's where we're coming from. We all know where we're actually going with this. New to theaters this week. We only have one movie to preview. It's Suicide Squad. Oh, man. It's Suicide Squad. 
finally, it's th- your take on the, the villains, something that Marvel has not touched on yet. And this is, I think, the film that will completely sway me. This Deadpool was... Well, okay, let me rewind. I'm taking it out of comic books, even though what I'm about to say actually stems from a comic book. My most anticipated film for this year was Turtles. Which was great, by the way. I loved it. That sh- movie does not deserve to get shit on like it does. It's just... It's a fun film. Take it for what it is. But real quick, though, my only thing, we only see Casey Jones for in the alleyway for like five minutes. Yeah, we don't see him with his mask on very often. And I think you said it to me at a bar one night. We're talking. You're like, why would they cast Stephen Amell to play Casey Jones and put his mask on? He's a perfect man. It's funny. I actually went to Stephen Amell's wine mixer about a month ago and actually asked him that very question. I said, you know, Stephen, I, I really enjoyed the film. I said, you know, but you know, I only got to see in the mask for what, five minutes in the alley and kind of jokingly, like, yeah, well, we had a lot of story to tell. And he said, he sent an email to the higher ups, basically saying a spinoff Casey Jones movie, which I thought was hilarious, which I would go see immediately. Yeah. And I, I think turtles didn't do as well as we would hope. So I, I don't know if they got the budget for that. So we'll see. I would love to see a Casey Jones movie, but that was my number one for this year. Number two is Deadpool. And number three was suicide squad. That's what I was looking for forward to the most well i've seen the other two there and deadpool was amazing amazing best movie i've seen by far this year um and i i would say uh they're, they're gone they're done i got this this is the movie i've been clinging to this is what i want to see so bad we bought our tickets already for the advanced screening can't wait we are ready to go suicide squad finally this week aka an hour and 40 minutes of will smith <laughs> I, to be, I don't think we're going to see Will Smith the most, to be honest. They're saying that like that he is. And by the way, this will drop on Sunday the 31st. So it will be available on iTunes before the film. So remember, everything we're talking about here is before it releases, four to five days before it releases. If you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday when the movie just came out, well, again, remember, this is before the movie came out. I think we're going to see a lot more Will Smith. Again, same as Stephen Mill. Why would you cast Will Smith if we're not going to see him on screen? And that makes sense. And you know he's when he does a movie, his pay is a lot. Substantial. It, it, it's a lot. Um, it's about what I make a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Deadshot, but Deadshot needs to have his mask. I need to see him in his mask. Yeah, I think this is Stephen Amell we're talking about now. It's the same conversation. Just, I just better get more than five minutes of Will Smith in a mask. If, if I just get five minutes, I'm going to be a little upset. I ain't going to lie. I would say the same thing about Harley Quinn with clothes. Well, come on. Every, everybody loves Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. If you don't know, <laughs> oh just watch The Wolf of Wall Street. If that's when I think of beautiful, that's what comes to mind. She is fantastic, and she's going to make a great Harley Quinn. I think she's got the the look. She's got the the little bit of psycho to her. She's going to play that role perfectly. And you know, she's got that 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 smile, that sadistic that you just you, you love it. And yeah. you know, it's our first time seeing a live action. Yes, we're going to get another Joker with Jared Leto. But I'm pumped. Bef- before all of them, I'm most excited. Believe it or not, to see Killer Croc. Oh, Killer Croc's going to be amazing. Does, to me, Killer Croc is like The Thing, but like okay, badass. Like The Thing is the, – the thing in, I'm talk, I shouldn't say the character. I should say like what they look like on screen. To me, The Thing in the first run of Fantastic Four movies looked like shit. Then they came out with the one with Jessica Alba. I, he looked cartoony. And then this new one, the Fox, the one that just bombed, I actually didn't mind him. <laughs> the new Fantastic Four was one of the worst films I have ever seen, and I seen the happening. I own the happening. It is three feet away from us. I will throw that out the window. I, if you watch rewatch the happening as a comedy, 
I did, and I can't. Rewatch it as a comedy, though. Think about it as a comedy. It's one of the best worst movies you'll ever I, see. I and what stinks is I really like Mark Wahlberg, but even to me, his his, no, his acting was but, was, but ter- why? It was terrible. Terrible. I would. I, would I am never. seething right now just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Zoe Deschanel was probably worse. I don't know. Mark, I couldn't couldn't even. It was halfway over. He just slammed his microphone. That's how mad he is. He just slammed it. He's so pissed. I'm I'm disgusted. (laughs) So we'll get back on happy thoughts then. Killer Croc's going to look like awesome. I can't wait. I mean, since like back to the animated series, once I was introduced to the Killer Croc, I was three years old. I was I was done. He's been my favorite. You know, for years. For me, Killer Croc was awesome because of Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, when you're playing Batman Arkham Asylum, you go underneath the asylum into the sewers, and then there's that Killer Croc boss fight where he comes up out. Yeah, he keeps coming, coming up out of the water. That was amazing. Rocksteady nailed it. And and I believe they're coming out with another video game, if I'm not mistaken. Rocksteady, or maybe not Rocksteady. It might be the Tell Telltale. The games? Telltale okay. game. So Batman is, if it's not already out or just came out, it's coming out really soon. Might be even this Tuesday, um, early August. They're doing a Telltale series of Batman. Basically, what Telltale does is like point and click adventure games. So it's like you take. It's very story driven, and it's like you make your own decisions. So you'll walk somewhere, you'll do something, you'll interact with something, and then four choices will pop up, and you pick whatever one you want from the button, and then it takes the story in that direction. So it's basically like the choices you make. It's not action heavy. It's not like the Arkham games. Get that out of your head. The Telltale did The Walking Dead. They yeah. did Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, Tales from the Borderlands. They they have done some good stuff. Some stinkers, unfortunately. Jurassic Park, Back to the Future can be considered pretty shitty. Uh, Game of Thrones was a little boring to me. Um, and believe me, you won't speak to two bigger Game of Thrones fans yeah. than sitting in the studio. And believe me when I tell you, we're going to talk a shit ton of Game of Thrones over the summer to hold you over until season seven. Uh, oh, by the way, HBO announced that we already knew Game of Thrones will be ending after season eight. 13 episodes between the two seasons. Season seven, probably seven episodes. Season eight, probably six episodes. It is getting to the point where they got to wrap it up, but we do want to throw that in there for our weekly Game of Thrones conversation is that, yeah, they they are announcing what we already knew and it's ending. It's it's sad, but true. It's But it's had it's a great a, run. It's going to be a spinoff. They're, they'll have a spinoff. So with, with Suicide Squad coming out this week, again, we're going to go see it together. Um, I'm really excited about that. What is... What is the thing you're most excited about outside of Killer Croc? Besides Killer Croc, I mean, it, it, it's got to be the Harley and Joker kind of. How are they with each other? Yes, they just released some pictures of them two together. And at first, when I saw Joker's tattoos, I'm like everyone. Everyone probably threw a fit. And, I loved it. I'm and, all for it. I'm all for Jared Leto here. I am not one of those people that hangs on Ledger. I'm not one of those people that hangs on even Hamill. I'm wide open with the Joker. Jack Nicholson. Some people are still pissed that he doesn't. So with me, I'm I'm awesome with it. Uh, it's for me. It's good to get a new take on it. I joke. Come on, Joker's everyone's favorite Batman villain. You know, give or take a few. Probably the f- most popular villain. Oh, there's an emergency somewhere in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, probably the most popular villain in all of DC and Marvel. Probably, yeah. I probably Joker's. Everyone knows who Joker is, and just to just to see jo- um, Jared Leto. He's a great actor. I mean, what was the movie he was with? McConaughey? I can't think of it. Couldn't tell you, but that's why we have this trusty thing called IMDB. Requiem? Nope. Oh, that was a long time ago. It was the second one. Dallas Buyers Club? Dallas Buyers Club. And and he just plays all these these roles that, you know, were twisted. Requiem for a Dream he did years ago, and that was... 2000. He was an American psycho, too. Yeah, and which Christian Bell kills him with an axe. (laughs) (laughs) He's also in Fight Club. Yeah, and it's he. I, I think he's going to bring new energy to the Joker. It's a different side of the Joker. 
I'm just excited to kind of see him interact with Harley, how he's going to be brought up with the Suicide Squad. Where is Batman going to fall into this? You know, are we going to see Batman in the film? Well, they already said they spotted, you know, Affleck in Toronto filming. Yep. And also, um, there was also another hero, a big DC hero, but do we want to Give the oh definitely not we'll we'll keep it we'll keep the spoiler out of it but there's a big DC hero um, well actually he's listed on IMDb now uh, but I don't I don't know if you want to say it you do it's up to you you could do it if not I'm I'm happy to let you we'll, guys wait. we'll we'll let you guys wait there's another big DC hero that was just talked about that will be making an appearance in the film but I'm really excited about it um, again to me I would say the Leto Joker is just what I'm looking forward to the most it, are you going to get an that origin of how him and Harley become him and Harley. Are you going to, is it going to kind of be teased for later or what's going to happen? It looks like, well, you're definitely going to see Harley when she's still a psychiatrist because they already released a picture of her and him talking when he's, you know, in the, in jail or whatever. Um, you also see in the trailer where she falls into, I guess the chemicals Joker comes in after her, which we kind of think that which kind of bleaches her skin kind of like his kind of interested to how, how they do that. I assume they're going to have to break him out of jail, I'd imagine. The big two downfalls that I think are plaguing this movie, number one, runtime. Hour and 40 minutes. I That is a short runtime. hundred. I have 130 minutes, no? I got one hour, 40-minute runtime for, for Suicide Squad. Let me... Let me uh, yeah, double-check that because I have 130 minute written down here. And uh, to me, if, if it is two hours and 10 minutes, I think that's perfect. That's just enough to kind of tell the story. Hmm, it is. I don't know where I saw an hour and 40 minutes then. That's crazy. Somebody showed me on Friday night when I told him. I was like, no, dude, it's over two hours. Yeah, 130. Cool. Good. Two hours and 10 minutes. There yeah, you go. That, that's the perfect runtime, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to go back and edit. I'm just going to say, fuck it. I made a mistake. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, so that's good, number one. Number two, um, I think that Leto's Joker is going to get shit on a little bit because of the Ledger Apologists. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's... Come on. Uh, you, in today's world, you can't make everybody happy. You just kind of have to accept it and kind of move on. But another villain we didn't talk about yet was Captain Boomerang making his first appearance by Jay Courtney, who's been on Spartacus. Uh, J- yes, uh, Varro. Yep, that's him. I'm kind of... Go watch Spartacus. <laughs> great show. But I'm, I, I'm interested to see what he does because the trailer, he looks like... I see, Every time he talks, I was laughing. Had me going like that. Um, to get Diablo, which I'm... I'm kind of unfamiliar with i don't know too much about him i think there's katana every time she kills you with her sword she takes your soul so that's kind of interesting like sorceress or something uh or the witch i or thought i enchantress enchantress thank you yeah and i think with this with this one you're looking at probably the darkest film dc well marvel or dc's ever done i don't know if it's gonna be this rom like this romp through gotham or whatever you want to call it I don't know if it's going to be this is like this happy-go-lucky six villains, whatever you know, coming together to. Form. I think you're going to get each one's going to get a short origin story. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of that. We're going to see probably some dark, twisted shit going on. So for me, I'm I'm okay with that. I need something new. Deadpool changed everything, definitely. And Suicide Suicide Squad wanted, I think, to be rated R from Deadpool, but they it's still PG thirteen. Still PG thirteen. So how could it's like going to a horror movie and seeing that PG thirteen takes your expectations down a notch. So same thing. How what are we really gonna get out of a PG thirteen movie? Is it really gonna be that dark? Exactly. I mean I yes they said the Batman V Superman Ultimate Edition was rated R. To me, 
I still think it was PG-13. The only thing that you saw more blood and there was one F-bomb in BVS. That's it. To me, that's still PG-13. Yeah. And I think, I actually, it's the, the F-bombs within the first 45 minutes too, and it caught me by surprise. I was like, oh, what? That that just happened. Crazy. Um, I, you know, they're projecting. They're projecting for Suicide Squad to do as well as, if not better than Deadpool in its opening week. That says a lot because Deadpool is the highest grossing rated R. Now, again, they're not this one's not rated R, but the highest grossing rated R film. Is this going to set a new standard for what superheroes or anti-hero movies can be? Because Deadpool is not a superhero by definition. The Suicide Squad can do good things. Obviously, it's why they're recruited. If you don't know, they're recruited to do good things. But there's like an ankle bomb. If they turn on anything or do anything wrong, they blow up. That's kind of the whole premise. That's a very in a nutshell version. So are we going to see this new trend of anti-hero movies coming out? Because the Sinister Six thing was going to happen for spider-man but that got axed that's why i thought it got canceled it got axed because the amazing spider movies have just shit the bed so is this going to be a new wave of anti-hero movies is this going to start the trend or is it going to pick up what deadpool did well deadpool definitely opened up the can here it was something we never seen before i mean just the opening credits you were already laughing that's something that to me i don't remember ever in a movie laughing at the credits suicide squad i i think it's going to be something different i mean since number one they already greenlit the sequel um, and there's also a possible Harley Quinn spinoff, but that's still kind of in the works right now. But I, I think Suicide Squad is going to pull it off. We will give you our full impressions of it. Again, spoiler-free review next week of Suicide Squad. We'll give you that. Um, but our first impressions, we'll grade the film. And then we'll in two weeks, we'll give you a full spoiler breakdown. We don't want to spoil it right away because, again, the last thing I would want is for you guys to tune in, hoping for no spoilers. You get it spoiled. We don't warn you, and then you, you're you over it, right? We don't want to do that. So we want to make sure we give a spoiler-free environment, at least for the first week. Then we'll come back, and we'll um, go into spoilers in a couple weeks. So uh, anything else about Suicide Squad you want to throw in? Is it Thursday yet? Is it Thursday? Thursday night, 9 o'clock. We're going to see the advanced screening. I cannot wait. Let's transition out of movies. We haven't talked about... uh, I'm sorry. We've talked about DC and Marvel a lot this episode, a lot of DC. Let's get into something a little lighthearted. Sam and I have done, or what we're going to start doing is a weekly top three. So we're going to do a weekly top three where we each bring it to the table. Um, We'll go back and forth. I'll give my number three, his number three, then number twos, then number ones. We're going to do a different topic every single week. We wanted to bring it hard this week. Again, we're a podcast that covers movies, TV, video games, and music. So what we listen to might not be what you like, but we're going to try and do a nice breadth of everything, talk about whatever we need to talk about. Um, This week for music, we're doing a top three, and we're going to do top three favorite albums of all time. Ah, jeez. This this one was tough. I mean, even the three I picked, I I still don't even know. But as of right now, I would say they're my top three. Rules for the game. If you guys want to follow along at home, list your top three in the comments. Do it on Facebook. Give us the Instagram post with them. We don't care. Whatever you want to do, tweet us your top three. Has to be three. You cannot say honorable mention. No, tied for a third. Nothing. You have to narrow it down. That is my one and only rule. Sam, what is your top three? Number three favorite album of all time. Okay, my, my number three, as of right now, comes from a little band called Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> See, we cover everything here, even shitty music. <laughs> oh, easy. Come on. <laughs> Don't hate on Dave. So this album is going to, it's probably going to have to be Crash. It's their third studio album. You know, Dave's, you know, they're known for their live music rather than their studio. Of course, I'd, I'd rather listen to their, their live than studio. But to me, Crash, it has so many songs. So many. I mean, I can listen to that album front to back, not skipping any songs. I mean, right off the bat, you have Crash Into Me. That was the radio hit. Everyone loves it. I assume everyone loves it. 
And then they have their, you know, their fan favorites, Two Step, 41, Too Much, Tripping Billies, the list goes on. I mean, they're, they're a jam band. If you're out, out there at the concert with your friends, you're drinking, you're having a good time, I, I couldn't ask for a better night. Dave Matthews Band released April 30th, 1996, considered rock music, funk, and funk rock. That, to me, says jam band all day long. Exactly. And to me, it, okay, I didn't always like Dave Matthews Band. It took our buddy, Alexander, to beat him into me for two and a half years of Dave. I mean, to me, if you listen to something long enough, it's only a matter of time before you start liking it. This is... So I, I admittedly am not a Dave Matthews fan at all. I think I'm the only person in America who's never been to a Dave Matthews concert and who has zero intentions of going. But I will tell you this, influenced by my brother, my brother a lot growing up, he's six years older than me. He listened to a lot of Aerosmith and a lot of Dave Matthews band. And I'm not saying that I don't like them because of that, but I was exposed to it a lot because that's what, and you too. We listened to a lot of that in his car. I mean, I couldn't drive, right? So, um, and it, obviously he could put on whatever he wanted. So I listened to a lot of Aerosmith. I listened to a lot of Dave and it, it just... And now music is something that, like, you know, I've been in bands, I do my own solo stuff. Music is something that is probably the most important thing in this world to me. And I, I see the fun in Dave. I see why everybody likes him. I, there are definite songs that I love, but I just can't do it. He's not your cup of tea. He's not my cup of tea. And you're going to unfortunately find out what my cup of tea is when we do these countdowns, especially with these three albums. You're going to see how shallow my musical taste can be because I threw off, I took off Queen, The Beatles, and The Beach Boys. Just to throw my top three in here. All three great. and Great bands. And again, if I had to, to limit it, I, I have to limit it. So I won't even get into that kind of stuff. But I threw those bands off just to put what I put on here. My number three is Commit This to Memory by Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, uh, okay. And that, again, just shows you what I listen to. <laughs> my third favorite album of all time is Commit This to Memory by a band called Motion City Soundtrack. Recently broken up or in the process of. They're on their farewell, farewell tour, which we saw. Great show, by the way. Great show. Finally, no offense to Motion City, but the last like eight to ten times we saw him were a little shitty. It, well, number one, he's Justin, their lead singer. He's been he was sick the last couple of times. Yeah. his voice uh, wasn't wasn't there. It was coarse. <laughs> <laughs> he had laryngitis when we saw him with say anything. But uh, yeah, commit this to memory. That's a, so. What I went for with the top three is I went for records I could listen to the entire thing and not skip a track, just like you said. Yep, same here. And and for me to start off with attractive today, um, Motion City soundtrack again, commit this to memory, and then to move into everything is all right. That was the perfect song to pick as their first single off that CD, which is the song that got in, blah, that introduced me to Motion City that you introduced me to <laughs> a long time ago, many, uh, many years ago, a very, very long time ago. But so I picked up, um, a Motion City record. It was an acoustic split and they did two of the songs on there. I think it was matchbook romance and motion city soundtrack. They did a split and it was acoustic versions of, um, Sunday warning, which I don't think was ever released, but they also had a, a, a um, acoustic version of when you're around that song spoke to me i can't fucking stand it when, like that unbelievable feel like rain make out kids let's get fucked up and die lg fouled or whatever um and then hangman and hold me down to end that to end that record with hold me down that song just pounds you just pounds you over and over again i loved every song on this record my two favorites i have to say is everything is all right and time turned fragile which to me are both great to me they're the highlights of the of the record and you know there's like anthems like make out kids is an anthem right kids our age growing up you know make out kids never had a chance to be best friends like that 
that's something you could shout at the top of your lungs. I'm actually scheduling a tattoo to get commit this to memory on my other arm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, that's how much this record means to me. Um, it came out June 7th, 2005, produced by Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that either. And it, was, and it was Motion City's second studio Mark album. Mark Hoppus. Oh. Okay. Very nice, Greg. Okay. So that leads me to my second, which is, I would say, one of my favorite bands also is A Day to Remember, which is, you know, it's my workout music. That's, I'm sure, many people's go-to music. I wouldn't have to go off their second album, For Those Who Have a Heart. I just feel like it was just a hard-hitting album. The lyrics, you know, kind of spoke to me. It's, it's just a song that if I'm in a bad mood, I can just start from one, and by song five, I'm ready to go. I'm back, you know. I mean, Plot to Bomb the Panhandle, that's was probably my favorite. Then Here's to the Past, which is kind of like a personal thing for me. Just, just a great song all in all. And Start the Shooting, I mean, you can't get more energy than that. Just, just great to me. I like Day to Remember. I didn't know you were that big into them to the point where you'd put that up there. That's awesome. I See, like, that's the thing. You would expect something more iconic, like, even from Commit This or even, like, a Day to Remember. But that's the beautiful part about music. It's an opinion. And if something speaks to you, it speaks to you. And I went from, from Dave to a Day to Remember. I mean, that's, <laughs> come on, it looks like almost polar opposites there. And I'm... As much as I'm not a fan of the Data Members' newer stuff, their older stuff crushes oh, it. Oh, I, I, I still like their newer stuff, but to me, like you, the older is still the best. Yeah. Isn't one of the records like Homesick? I think Homesick. I, yeah, I believe that's their third album. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite record that they have. Whatever, uh, New Jersey New Jersey Legion Ice Tea. Yep. Whatever's Yeah, that's like Homesick. Good. That's that's definitely my favorite Data Member song. Um, why put that ahead of Dave? Well, that, that was tough. Like, you know, this top three was really tough, and... St- I try to only listen to Dave kind of when he's coming around for concert, just because when I don't listen to his music and then I listen to it after a long time, it just it it just speaks to me. I I, I love it. So when I kind of give it, I give Dave space. A day to remember, I can kind of listen to them almost every day. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm gonna nerd out. So what if you if you know me, you know that I have uh, that my favorite band of all time is the Own November. Everybody knows that. I have not chosen an Early November record. I'm so, I, I was seriously thinking you were going to have at least one, maybe two albums. <laughs> I did not choose an early November record from one of my top three because I just liked them all so much I didn't want to choose. Um, I'm going to nerd out for a second, and as I wanted to put this number one more than you'll ever know. More than you'll ever know. Okay. Deja and Tendu, brand new. And it's an album I really don't listen to. I'm sorry to hear that. You're your favorite weapon oh, kind of guy. Come on. The first one, I don't, I, to me, they still have not put out a better record than that. So your favorite weapon was totally great for the time it came out. Like that's the time, that's the kind of music that it was back then. Love it. It was pure emo. Like that's what it was. Perfect. And it was alt rock. It was emo. You know, you had Jude Law. You had 70 times 7, which was everybody's away message on AIM forever. But if I'm not mistaken, their newer stuff is still emo. If I'm not mistaken. They've matured. That's what I love about it. So Dejan Tendu, I believe it means like heard already or already heard. So it's like I've they've they've took their sound. They knew that they were gonna kind of fall into that, and they've matured. That's what they did. And they came out with Deja. Deja was a completely different record. Um and and that's the problem. If you're your favorite weapon kind of guy, you'll hate everything else they put out. It's I just think I have to just listen to it more. Give it give them another shot because once I see the name brand new, my first instinct is to click your favorite weapon. And and again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you have Deja coming out, sick like sick trains of Gloria, Gloria fades, unbelievable song. And I am unfamiliar with that song actually, but 
I, I believe, is Jesus off that album? I might be talking out of my head right now because that one I don't know. But, um, Brand New is definitely a, an old drive through band that we've listened to for years. Not on drive through They're not drive through Never. Originally? Not whatever once. Brand New was never on drive through Wow. Go to show my memory, huh? <laughs> Sorry to hear that, pal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Sick Transit Gloria, um... Okay, I believe you. My Tommy don't, don't. Quiet things no one ever knows. They did a they did a collab with uh, Dashboard. Well, they didn't. Uh, this guy Legion of Doom. He did uh, Dashboard, and it was Screaming Infidelities and Quiet Things that No One Ever Knows, and put it together as like this the Screaming Quiet or something like that. I believe it was called. Um, unbelievable collab there. Boy who blocked his own shot. I recently learned how to play that. Actually, like there are so many songs on there that are just they're slowed down. They're not your favorite weapon. It's not like that. There's nothing on there that hits you hard. Um, maybe like towards in the chorus of sick uh, of sick. Excuse me. I keep sick transit Gloria. Okay. Maybe the chorus of that. You know, die young and save yourself when they're screaming. That that gets you going. But like other than that, it's a mellow record. Um, Play crack the sky kind of ends it out. Like if you think about your favorite weapon, they ended with. Um, they ended with Soko. Soko, right? So they ended with Soko Amaretto, and then they end with Play Crack the Sky here. And it's the same kind of vibe. It's that slowed down, stripped down, just acoustic. Which and I Jesse. like that. I like that. Right. Very much. It's that it's that Jesse and his acoustic doing his thing. And that's what, you know, brand new. When you think of brand new, for me, A, the album art, the astronaut just kind of floating, unbelievable. Uh, the colors, great. But to me, I, as much as I love your favorite weapon, Deja was that mature step up that we're changing the game. Okay. And now, and you liked it better than your favorite weapon by far. And I love your favorite weapon. It's probably my number two uh, from brand new. But then you go into like God and Devil. Then you go into Daisy. They've released new stuff. They have a B side record that came out. So like the what they're releasing is a lot to do with, you know. Yeah, I gotcha. And quick, quick side note: I know brand new was just here, and I happened to peek at their set list, and they didn't play one song from your favorite weapon. Not one song. If, look at it, right? So Daisy, their newest record, Daisy, it came out, even though it came out a long time ago, is has a lot of Deja in it. Um, so for me, Deja was just everything I ever wanted in a record. I sit there, I can sing to it, you listen to it. Um, it's everything that, you know, it got me, it, it literally got me through high school. I, just, I hear you. But another thing on their concerts, I looked at their whole tour one time. They played one song off. Do you know what song that was? Uh, Soko. Mixtape. Oh, all right, all right. And and I recently saw you actually pasted a or posted a Facebook status with mixtape. Of course, that's you know one of my favorite songs off that record. And now, I guess we'll bring it to my number one, which I don't think it should be a surprise for you because you know these been my favorite band since at least eighth grade high school. It's The Doors. Classic rock band came out in 1967. You know, frontman Jim Morrison, everyone should know who he is, because he's, you know, Jim Morrison. I'll go with their fifth album, which was very hard for me, because their first, actually all their albums were really good, but I'll go with number five. It's called Morrison Hotel, which I hope you have heard of, and I know you know many songs off this record. Number one being the first one, Roadhouse Blues, which is, to me, The Doors' anthem. Obviously, yeah, 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 Light My Fire and all that stuff, but to me, this one was the one that spoke to me the most. So many songs to listen to. It's a song I can just listen to him go, him wail, you know. If I have to hear the doors in your phone one more time, I'm going to lose my shit. I did have Riders on the Storm. That was my text tone probably for 10 years. At least 10 <laughs> years. And you don't put your phone on vibrate. You always put it on loud, and it always just plays and plays and plays. I recently changed it. It is not the doors anymore. <laughs> the one is, is the storm 
Was the storm its own record, or was that a song off? Riders on the storm. That was off their last and final record. Okay, uh, Riders on the storm was amazing to me because of the Osiris Shoes video, skate video. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> For anybody who likes skateboarding out there, Osiris Shoes put out a skate video years and years and years ago, uh, 15 probably, maybe even 20, uh, The Storm. It's called The Storm, and its main anthem is Riders of the Storm. That's what actually sparked the Doors' love for me. And it, Osiris, huh? Hmm. Love Osiris. The, the big, bulky shoe, the Osiris shoe. Um, so what... You know, obviously, we know you're a big Doors fan, but what kind of, again, I asked the same questions before. What made this your number one? I mean, to be honest, like I said, it's it's tough. When you're, you're setting the list for three, it, it's really tough. It just, I went with the one that I listened to the most. And yeah, their first album has a lot of their hits on it. The fifth one has a few, but it's the it's the songs that you don't hear on the radio that you know, the kind of the, that go underneath, that go under the door that people don't hear unless you buy the record. I'm I'm interested. So, I again, I know you're not a big Doors fan. I know I, that. I love the Doors, and Jim Morrison's an icon. But I, it's just awesome that I've known you for so long. I've known you for 20 years, and I was expecting, like, I was expecting your favorite weapon to be on there. I, to I, be honest with you, I was expecting it. It, it. It it was tough to get these three. Like, I literally had to sit down for I would say an hour, Greg. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And another little side tip. I was actually going to see The Doors, I think, three years ago. It was two surviving members out of the three. It was Raymond Zarek and Robbie Krieger. It was in AC. Me and my buddy Alex were driving down. Then there was some major accident on the AC Expressway. We were three and a half hours late. I wasn't even close to AC yet. I had to turn around. We never made it. $80 tickets down the drain. And then Raymond Zarek died two months later. So I will never see The Doors live. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. These are the stories we want to hear behind us, why we picked it. Like, for me, my number one was the easiest choice I've ever made. And do I listen to this record all the time anymore? No. But I've listened to it thousands and thousands of times just over and over again. I've always said it was my favorite record, so I'm never changing it. Released February 1st, 1994, their third studio album, Green Day Dookie. <laughs> Green Day. Oh, wow. I... Will always and have always said it's my favorite record of all time. To me, that's their best album they ever put out. I, there's nothing. Four chords have never sounded so good. They play the same four chords over and over, and they're all power chords, and they just rock it. Every song, even though they kind of blend into each other, they're all short. Like, okay, for example, Burnout, 2 minutes and 8 seconds. Having a Blast, 2.45. Chump, 2.54. Longview, 3.59. That is the first song that is the – that's the <laughs> longest song on the record, and it doesn't hit four minutes. So – and. Yeah, Welcome to Paradise, 345. Pulling Teeth, 231. Basket Case, 303. She, 214. Sassafras Roots, 238. When I Come Around, 258. Coming Clean, which is my favorite song on the record, 135. Uh, Short and sweet. And there you go. So FOD and All By Myself is 547, but that's like the last track on the record. It's two songs put into one, and it's like that. there's that dead space in between, so that doesn't even fucking count. Uh, this it was... 1 through 14, all the way through, never stop, never skip, never pause, got me through my childhood. Like, I had this on cassette. I had it on CD. A cassette? Times, a cassette, right? <laughs> it was brown. The cassette tape was brown, obviously, dookie. The CD was brown. Probably my favorite cover art of all time, and I get the jokes now as yeah. an adult. There's, like, the monkey throwing shit and all this cool stuff, man. It was so much fun. The Just, like, the animation on it is so much fun. It's, the word Green Day is just, like, popping out of a pile of... It's, it's yeah. just amazing. So, to me... And that's when Green Day was just my favorite thing of all time. Like, Green Day and Blink were, like, my childhood for music, so... Man, Blink-182, of course. We grew up with them. 
Yeah, I can't do it anymore. California sucked. I was going to say now, you know, without, you know. Without Tom, California sucked. I'm just going to call it what yeah, it is. I still got to get around to listening to that album, actually. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up the show um, real quick. Video game talk. I want to do a little kind of Pokemon Go real quick because we have to talk about it. Uh, you have a horror story to tell. Please be my guest. Yeah, so, you know, like everyone, I, I got Pokemon Go when it relatively it came out. And um, I was reluctant to start it because, you know, back when 10, 15 years ago when gold and silver were out, I, you know, played like everybody else and got every Pokemon, you know, levels up high. And I had this Tyranitar level 96. It was my biggest guy ever. Eventually, when I, when I hung it up, I traded everything in and I said, I'm done with Pokemon. I'm done. This comes out. I, I didn't want to start because I wanted to stick to my guns and never play it again. But I caved. All my friends are playing it. You, you look at your house. You see people walking with their phones in hand. They're, they're walking in the fields. They're driving. They're, they're stopping at pokey stops. And so I gave in. So after maybe two weeks of, you know, battling or catching, you know, everybody. I got, you know, Vaporeon. He was 1,500. Flareon was 1,200. I had Onyx, you know, Charmander, Charmeleon. I had, you know, some good guys. So then they had an update. I think it was yesterday. So I, I download it. Of course, it said it fixes the bugs and everything. I go to load it back up, and all my guys are gone. It restarted it. So right now, I'm, I'm a little upset with Pokemon Go because I lost everything. My two weeks down the toilet. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do here, Greg. It's like 20 years down the toilet. So... Again, we're 27, 28 years old. Like, this is what we grew up with. This is Pokemon's 20th year anniversary. <clears throat> I've been in it since Gen 1, 1996. So did you. You stopped playing the actual handheld games in, after Gen 2. Yes, I, I, I dropped the story of my Tyranitar and trained everything in. However, uh, I, I will call bullshit because your, your mom took us to Franklin Mills, Philadelphia Mills, to GameStop. It was EB Games back then. And we both bought Ruby. Who was the guy? Okay, wait. No. Ruby and Sapphire, Gen 3. You bought it with me, and we played it out front Okay, of the mall. I, I remember I that, bullshit. but I can't remember their Pokemon's names. I don't remember the starting names. I remember, I know it was just like the regular Pokemon. You had your fire, you had your water, you know, you had your, your grass guy. I just don't remember their names. So to me, the originals, it's the red and blue, it's the silver and gold. That's what we played. That's what I love. That's the thing, though. So, um, that's what, so there's this thing. So, uh, real quick. So, while while you stopped at Gen 2, Gen 3, whatever. Question mark. I still <laughs> played, and I continue to play to this day. And that's funny. Like like I said, two months ago, I was a nerd for liking Pokemon. And now I am... We're all nerds. Yeah, now I'm a nerd if I don't play Pokemon Go. So, it's like, where do you where do you go? This is a dream app for me, right? And so and I like that it's the original 150 because of all the people that are just like kind of super uber gen one and our age bracket and all that stuff. And, you know, everybody's oh, they got so stupid. at All right. Hold on. You have Grimer, a pile of a pile of sludge. You have Magnemite, two magnets and a screw. You have Diglett, which is just a hump. You, you have you have really <laughs> dumb designs. A Pidgey. It's a bird. A ratata. It's a purple rat. There's nothing to it, and that's the beauty of it. it. Doesn't have to be complicated, but when you look past it, there are Pokemon out there. One of them now is an ice cream cone. 
There's vanilla, vanilla <laughs> There's that's, to me. It's an ice cream cone. There's trubbish. That's a pile of trash. It's a trash bag with arms and a mouth. Wh- which one is this? That's trubbish. That's Gen Five. No, what's the name of it? Is it they have like a crystal or is it? It's, oh, Gen Five would be black and white. Black and white. Yeah. Um, there's one that's called Clef Key in Gen Six. It's a set of keys. Um, there's there's a sword. It's just a sword. But the Age of Slash is its most evolved form. The best one I've played with in Gen 6. It's probably my favorite Pokemon to play with. Um, th- yeah, I, I couldn't name one. Sadly, I, I'm probably good with like in the 300s off the top of my head out of the 730 now. There's that many? 730 plus, yeah. Gen 7, Sun and Moon will be, well, excuse me, will be released this November. Um, to me, Pokemon is my childhood, was my childhood, but I still play it for the enjoyment. Again, I don't care if people laugh or whatever. I love it. I can come home from work. I can flip open my 3DS. I can play it for an hour, catch some shit and go to, and you know, be done with it. You know, I can do it right on the couch while she's watching TV or whatever. I don't have to play it on a console. I don't have to play it on a big thing. I can take it wherever I go. We went on vacation recently. I played it a little bit on the beach just for like an hour, just to kind of whatever. But like, that's what it is. I can trade. I can now with Wi-Fi though, we can do Wi-Fi trading, Wi-Fi battles, Wi-Fi everything. There's this thing called Pokemon bank where you can put 3000 up in the cloud and save it. So then you can start the game over and you don't have to lose all the stuff you just did. Oh, that's pretty neat. I didn't so, know that. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. There's it, there's these things now that Pokemon has, you know, that that we that they offer. I say we like I'm a part of it. That they <laughs> offer that makes it amazing to me. I love the aspect of trading and collecting and all that stuff. So the difference from Pokemon Go to the actual Pokemon games, and we'll stick with Gen 1 just for the topic because that's what Pokemon Go offers. Let's think about it. Like, for example, in the games, you got to trade Kadabra. You got to trade Haunter to get a Gengar. You got to trade him a Choke to get him a Champ. You don't have to do that anymore. Which, to me, I kind of, until you started to mention it, I forgot. But as soon as you said it, I remembered again. And which, another thing I read, eventually we'll be able to trade and battle each other on the Pokemon Go, if that's if I understood that correctly. So eventually you'll be able to trade. There will be trading eventually in Pokemon Go. It's not something they're ready to release right now. They got to get the sta- server stabilized, as we all know we've seen server issues. Um, so... Got to make sure that that's up to snuff, but uh, I'll tell you, it's annoying. It's it's Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, no, your your story. Um, oh, it's 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 well, it's it's everywhere. Uh, mine mine's doing it. I got a text message like a minute ago from my friend Rob. This is bullshit. My Pokemon account disappeared. I turned it on. It was fine. Then it made me accept terms and conditions, and it started me all over. That was so. the same thing that happened to me. I literally, I was very upset. I'm turning on the app right now as we speak because I gotta, I gotta take care of this. So this could be breaking news here on We Podcast, and we know things. And there it is. Yep, that did the same thing to me. It asked you for your Google account. You accept the terms and conditions. I, I did it. I kind of regret now downloading the update. Niantic is got some. They got some stuff. I say they got some explaining to do. <laughs> they uh, so this should be saved to their servers. All of our information should be saved to the servers. We should be it should be recovered. But this could be catastrophic. And I did go back and I tried to create my username that I had the first time, and it said the username was taken. So I'm kind of hoping. I don't know if you it is. It's served to savers and served on the cloud, but. We can't play the game right now. And again, by the time you're listening to this, this all may be fixed. It might be in the past. Hell, you might not even be experiencing it. But there's some issues right now that are not server-related. We can't even get into the game. I can't even tell you about my 636 CP Scyther. 
how do I contact Niantic? <laughs> yeah, Niantic, if you're <laughs> listening to this, uh, Niantic Labs and the Pokemon Company, again, this is not Nintendo. Everybody thinks that Nintendo, Ninte- no, Nintendo owns some of the Pokemon Company, but they do not own publish this game. This is Niantic Labs and the Pokemon Company. That's who makes this game. But outside of this whole crash, because that literally just happened you know, this morning, Impressions. What's it like to catch Pokemon from your damn phone when you're walking around? You can catch them in real life. This is what we dream about walking through CCP as a kid. That's why I said in the beginning of this, where was this 15 years ago? Because we would have walked all over. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. I mean, now it's it's different. Now there's it's getting people reasons to go out of the house. I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing 15, 20 kids walking in like a straight line to there's you know there's four Pokestops by you know my house. So they're always there, and it's good to see people out, but. You know, just see them staring at their phone, like, you know, you know. obviously it's only a matter of time for people walk into a pole or, you know, yes, I know there was that one tragic story where someone actually drowned. Someone got caught up in a tree and they, they embarrassedly say, I was trying to catch a Pokemon. Why would you tell them that? I'm waiting for the, I got hit by a car story. Oh, like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. And that's the problem is they, people look down at your phone, like put the vibrate setting on, know your Pokestops before you go to them. So you can go to them and get there. Um, don't do it while you're friggin' driving. Um, but people are already doing that. Yeah, by the way. Exactly. People are doing that. Uh, know your Pokestops, put your phone down by your hand and wait for it to vibrate. Turn the vibrate setting on. When something pops up, when a Pokemon pops up, it will vibrate the phone. So then you can look at it. You don't have to walk around town with your phone up to your face. That's completely disregarding, you know, the real world. <laughs> Stuff can happen. Cars can hit you. You can fall off of things. We've seen it already. Two dudes fell off a cliff in San Diego. Like, this is a real life thing. The app itself is amazing. Oh, genius. It's genius. It's everything we wanted. We're, ca- we're, we're walking to hatch eggs. You know what I mean? We went on a walk last night while it was downpouring. We, oh, just wow. went, we went on a walk and we actually ran. I got caught in the rain, drenched everything. Uh, our friend Ryan and I. So, I mean, like, it's getting you out of the house. It's getting you walking. It's getting you happy. It's getting you to do all the things you want to do. You're catching all this cool stuff. I got a scyther out of an egg. My buddy got a hitmon chan out of an egg. Um, so, like, we're catching this awesome stuff. We're walking around. Yeah, it can be frustrating sometimes. I got to throw a bunch of raspberries. But, like, you can defend gyms. You can overtake gyms. There's Pokestops to get free stuff. It's getting you walking. It's getting you traveling. I was up in Boston. I caught a Weedle at Fenway Park. <laughs> Tell me how many people can say they caught a Weedle or anything at Fenway Park. I I, I cannot, actually. That was like a dream come true for me. Not only did I see Fenway, but I caught a Pokemon. I am a true master. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, my biggest gripe with the game is... Server issues? Besides server issues, I think the app in general is just, like, I'm super glad that people are going out having fun. I'm glad it's introducing people to to the new, you know, to Pokemon in general, to the franchise. Maybe 20 years too late, but they're getting introduced to it. These are the same people that made fun of you growing up for playing it, and now they're playing it. I think my biggest gripe with it is it's the Poke Radar. Poke Radar, Poke Vision, cheating, basically. I... I still don't get the the Pokemon the steps thing. Every time they're there, they see the three step. Then there's two. There's one when they're close. I, I've I've driven a few places to try to catch catch a few things. So there's the glitch now. So there's a glitch for three steps, right? So they actually not really even a glitch. So that Niantic actually removed the one two three step and they made everything three step because it was making the game crash. So the way that they help the servers is by making everything three steps away. What that did, unfortunately, is now you kind of have no idea where to go. They all seem three steps. So now they're releasing a new update, which is what we were supposed to get today, where they're eliminating steps in general. I immediately regret downloading it. So, well, it's it, mine was automatic, unfortunately, too. So what they're doing is they're just getting rid of steps. 
you don't know how far it is. You just kind of go get it, which to me will increase people using PokeVision and PokeRadar, which if you don't know, that's basically an app to where they tell it tells you where stuff is. To me, that's cheating. I don't want to do that. I don't want to trade. Even though trading is going to be awesome, I want to catch everything. My fiance has two Abras. I haven't even seen one. And Alakazam is right up there as my one of my top favorites, and I won't and I don't have one. But I got a Magmar and two Pincers and my Scyther. I'm happy. Well, that's really all you need right now. I mean... For me, I, I just want to get my guys back. I don't want to start all over again. I had two weeks invested. That's a lot of time here. And it's funny. It's it's not. Like, that's the craziest thing. Is like two <laughs> weeks is not a long time. But in this generation, with cell phones and all the time, the hours we spent in those two weeks playing, I'm a level 12. I'm not anything crazy. I don't get to play it on, at work at all. My work is a Pokestop, which is pretty neat. But I don't get okay. to play it at all when I'm there. So for me, it's weekends. Like yesterday, I caught like 17 things just because that's when I can play. Yeah, and, and for me, you know, we both work during the week and, you know, you can't can't play while you're working. So like you said, it's either at night if you kind of go for like I run my dogs or something like that or like you weekends, that's my time to catch them. So for for this, I think we'll, we'll probably like talk about Pokemon Go probably a little bit every week, maybe like what we caught, this, that, the other thing new. But I mean, this issue has to fix itself so we can damn, like play the damn game. I'm going to Jersey in like an hour and I really want to play it there and see what i can catch in jersey but apparently i'm not going to be able to uh, maybe you get lucky maybe they'll send out an email or something that they fix the problem or tell us not to you know jump off the bridge so with that being said this was the first ever episode of we podcast and we know things we want to thank you so very much uh my name is greg hall this is sam Atoro. we cannot wait to bring you the best content every single week music movies video games tv everything nerd pop culture related again follow us on instagram at we podcast and we know things search the show on facebook we podcast and we know things and please subscribe to us on itunes google play stitcher all the podcast services again we podcast and we know things we'll bring you every episode every sunday we cannot wait Sam, this was your first ever podcast. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for, you know, setting up everything. You know, you're, you're, the, you're the tech guy over here. I'm just, you know, a body. <laughs> you're more than just a body. You're bringing a lot of great content to the table, and I'm sure the listeners are excited to see you and hear from you in the future. Cannot wait to bring you guys a new episode every week. This is our sign-off for the first ever episode of We Podcast, and we know things. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. See you.